1: Hey everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Jeff Erickson here and it is a busy bi-NATO week here on uh, the NFL on Wednesday the 20th. I'm here with Samantha Praviti. You can catch her on the Action Network. Uh, She does two podcasts. She does the uh, Fantasy Flex podcast twice a week. And you're also on uh, KOA Colorado on iHeartRadio every Thursday as well.
2: Yeah, so exciting. I get to do a little spot talking about DFS and all things Broncos with uh, my friends Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards.
1: Nice. That's, that's awesome. And uh, you're doing a lot. You're doing fantasy football. You're doing DFS. You're doing a lot of gaming talk. <laughs> uh, you, you've been very busy lately.
2: Yeah, I'm mainly focused on fantasy for sure. This has been my first season. I joined Action in March, and this has been my first season kind of devoting this full time. Um, I was doing this on the side while I was still employed at the post before. So it's been very cool to kind of dip my toes in a lot of things, but also really focus on one thing.
1: That's nice. That's awesome yeah. to hear. Uh, well, this is a crazy week. Week seven is the <laughs> worst bye week of the season. Uh, you called it by NATO. I've seen by pocalypse uh, I've seen... Uh, By Mageddon. I just saw Andy Barron's calling it by Ragnarok. Uh, You know, there's a lot of different uh, things we can call here. It's a really tough week. Uh, You know, some of us, you know, we try to plan in advance, but with all the injuries and buys and all that, it's such a difficult week.
2: Yeah, it is a for for sure Cat 5 by Nato. Uh, I have some rosters looking super, super lean, like ones that are in 12-team leagues that look like they're in 24-team leagues. Um, They're definitely really, really gross. I have decisions like, should I start Dimitri Felton or Michael Carter in certain leagues? And then I have another league, which is not even a buy thing. Like Some people have just... Teams that have been hit with injuries really bad. I lost once in a 16 team league with these really deep benches. So there's no one on waivers at all. I picked up Case Keenum today. (laughs) So I've I've
1: got a bid on him in a super flex league. And my other two QBs are on by. I also foolishly went Drew Locke instead of Teddy Bridgewater. uh, And so I didn't have anybody for this particular week. So I have, you know, Lawrence on by. I have another QB on by. It's brutal. It's just, it's gruesome. So yeah, I'm looking at, okay, well, if I don't get uh, Case Keenum, then what do I do? Do I try to get the backup? Do I go, go get, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 one of the backups on a shakier team? Do I try Please. to go with Taysom Hill? I mean, it, it's, it's bad. It's really bad.
2: I know I have so I have the decision now between Case Keenum and Justin Fields, who is my backup. Now, like in theory, this should be the Justin Fields game with Tampa's leaky secondary, but I don't know. I kind of feel like he's a little bit in my burn book because I've just been a little bit burned by him over the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I and I think he's going to be good someday. I just absolutely. Yeah, he may need another coach to do that. I was to just
2: Matt Nagy needs to be fired into a cannon into the sun or just fired but all those things would be good for Justin Fields
1: so I'm a a token Bengals fan out on the west coast and there's like three of us but uh (laughs) Bill Lazor used to be the Bengals offensive coordinator and for Mm -hmm. everybody calling for Matt Nagy to stop calling plays (laughs) Bill Lazor is not a panacea he's not going to make it anything better I don't think
2: I was just gonna say like Bill Lazor's play calling hasn't been impressive either so I feel like like for him to reach his full potential they need to be letting him do what he does best and i feel like they've been really limiting him and it's been a shame because i was the person like they used me in all the the, the pre-draft stuff because i was so team Justin Fields so i was on like podcasts all the time talking about how he was my number 3 overall pick over Trey Lance and and Mac Jones at the time right. and um yeah now it's it's making me look a little foolish but i think i think in general the the sentiment Across the community, is that it's not his fault.
1: Yeah. I mean, he could be better without a doubt. His pocket awareness could be better, for instance. Yes. But, you know, also but know have some time. we knew those coming
2: college yeah. for sure. <laughs> I think those are things that, that will come. The other stuff that he's really, really great at, I don't think we've even tapped into.
1: Right. And I'm lighting a candle for Allen Robinson. Uh, it just breaks my heart. He's never um, had a good quarterback play. I mean, never. Dating back to past eight, maybe in college, maybe in high school, he did. But it, it's just <laughs> tough. He's so, so good. He's just I know. not getting it.
2: He's definitely one of those guys, he's like up there with maybe like Terry McLaurin, who just like, I always think they're one quarter, like good quarterback away from mm-hmm. being the Stefan Diggs season, like having that Stefan Diggs season really breaking out. And, you know, obviously, Fields has not lived up to necessarily expectations. So we haven't seen much out of Allen Robinson. And he's like a guy that I feel like some people have dropped. Um, right. He might. I mean, he might be droppable if you really need someone at this point. But well, and that's just the, the thing. Game, this like week, I said,
1: this week is the tough week for decisions. I'm not. I wouldn't advocate dropping Robinson, but I mean, we're there are tough calls. I dropped Elijah Moore in a league, and I'm I'm like all on the Elijah Moore bandwagon, and like, I bought that hype, and I'm I've got a bill of goods so far. But you know, you have to make that decision. It's it's a token 10 team league that I'm in. Someone's got to get cut to fill in for the vacancies
2: yeah no totally and you know like you just kind of hope that once the week is over you can make a drop that that person might be still available on waivers there's a good chance
1: right uh so the thing i'd like to you know talk about too is the thing that just blew up in the last hour here is the the rumors that deshaun watson is the trade is happening it's happening finally feel like uh there's there's a gif out there for that uh like an arrested development gif about it's happening but
0: (laughs) oh my god uh,
1: (laughs) exactly exactly but uh it looks like it could be a three-way trade. You're suggesting that, that you've you've seen some things that suggest that Denver and not Washington could be the third team. I'm just surprised it's happening at all right now, just because of all everything that's hanging over Watson. They're not going to be able to use them right away. And Tua looked really pretty good last week in London. I thought so. I'm a little surprised Miami's doing this.
2: Yeah, I am pretty surprised as well. Um, what you were referencing before was Benjamin Albright, who covers the Broncos beat for KOA. Um, he was just saying that Denver was rumored for Tua. Um, he wasn't necessarily reporting it as a rumor, just saying that mm-hmm. is rumors that have been going around. But he also added that he thinks Washington would make more sense over Denver. So I think it would make more sense, too. I mean, I think what we've seen, I, I don't I don't know that Tua is an upgrade from Teddy B, so um, right. I think that they should just like hold still, like hold at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. I I think in Miami, it's a reaction to what they're their, their poor start, one and five. They went to London. They did. They chose not to have a buy after the London game, which is weird. But it is weird. you know, it, it is. It's, it's pretty desperate times, especially when you consider that, that the trades they made to get Tua to get Waddle, uh, they're not going to have their first round pick next year. It, it, they're they're kind of in a tough spot
2: no they're definitely in a tough spot and like you said uh there's i mean i they're not going to be able to use him he is technically eligible to play right now but he's going to go on the commissioner's exempt list once the trade goes through so i don't think that there's a good chance we'll see him anytime soon just with all the legal things kind of pending and that could take a lot longer than we think it's not something that's going to get resolved maybe even this season
1: I agree. I'm a recovering attorney. And uh, just knowing how things work that way, it's not like, oh, well, we've got they need him. We got to get this figured out. That's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, It's like
2: 22 open cases right now against him. So yeah, it certainly feels like that needs to sort itself out. And then the NFL has to take that and then decide what they want to do with him. So there's a lot of kind of dominoes that I think need to fall into place well before we see him again.
1: For sure. Uh, you know, we were talking about desperation pickups in a super flex league. Jacoby Brissett might be it if this trade does happen.
2: I just dropped Brissett. Oh, no. <laughs> just because, I, I mean, it was earlier today because I was. Right wanted to pick up case keenum this is these are like the gross disgusting moves that you never think about when you think about fantasy football over the summer and you're like thinking about like oh yeah my studs are gonna look awesome i can't wait to draft seek i can't wait to grab um cmc and now i'm in a position where i'm like should i take geno smith or (laughs) right
1: I have this multi-layered plan. I've covered all my contingencies. And then they said, uh, okay, hold your draft pick here. We're going to just see. Let's just mix this up just a little bit. Um, And the thing is, it it raises the question in Superflex leagues. We always say, got to use a quarterback in the Superflex spot. I mean, this is the ultimate test of it. I mean, do we use Case Keenum? Do we use Jacoby Brissett? Do we use Taysom Hill? Just so we can have a quarterback in that spot. Or are we better off just starting, you know, wide receiver four in that spot instead?
2: Like, it. I, that's right around where the cutoff should be. I think I would probably start Brissett or Keenum over some guy you just pick up off waivers. That's like a mm-hmm. deep, deeper flex play. That said, like I don't know, Davis Mills could you, give you like negative points. So right. <laughs> I don't know. Like he's probably the cutoff. Like I would probably, and I probably wouldn't use Taysom Hill either, just because I, I I don't know that that's any kind of level of guaranteed play. So at that point I might consider a flex play because you might get a guy who's unexciting, but he gives you 10 points. Like that's better than two. You could get two from some of these guys. Exactly. You could get negative. Like some some of my leagues, they have like weird scoring. One of my leagues, they love to just make things way more complicated than they need to be. Like rushing yards are like, point four, like point 0.4 points or like everything is like a very weird thing. There's also like efficiency metrics. But as a result, you can definitely get negative points from a lot of your players. Um, and yeah, so uh, D- Davis Mills, probably not the guy that I'm starting.
1: Yeah, Scott Fishbowl, for instance. I mean, yeah. that, that is a good good example there. We had negative points for incompletions, yeah. major negative points for interceptions and pick sixes. Yeah, I, I can Fair see house. just avoiding that has
2: given me like two points as my third quarterback um, a couple times. So I'm glad I didn't start him. Oh, I think <laughs> my brother difficult. is now
1: their third wideout. Uh, I mean, they're just <laughs> so thin right now. It's just, it's, it's tough.
2: Oh no, it's, it's super tough. I keep I Amon Ross St. Brown was the guy that I kept pumping up as like a potential sleeper, but I don't even know. Like I don't want anything to do with this offense with people not named like T.J. Hawkinson and. De- DeAndre Swift.
1: Right, right. St. Brown was interesting, made one catch and then got stripped on that one play. That was a big sequence in the game. I, again, Bengals fan, i was paying more attention than most people, but they threw the one interception. They had the return cut uh called back halfway because of a taunt right as the interception was going on. That was your first sign that was uh, not going to end well. But then then the the interception play where it's just pulled out of St. Brown's hands. That was a big play in that game. So it was still 10 nothing at the time. Still could have been something, but uh, anyways. Sidebar aside, uh, <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, before we do that, though, first before uh, we look at like, a couple other breaking news items, a quick note from our friends at WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks! I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while, res- while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless winbet is currently offering all rotowire listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 dollars on your first wager download winbet now that's w-y-n-n-b-e-t winbet the exclusive partner for rotowire's fantasy podcast i'm here with samantha praviti uh she is with the action network you can also catch her on iHeartRadio on the uh, koa colorado uh every thursday at 9 p.m eastern time so you're in colorado so you actually get to do some online gaming
2: Yes, I moved from Manhattan last year, and that has been super fun. I mean, Colorado is awesome. Manhattan is super cool too. But like, if you think about it, great beer, like craft beer, if you're into that, mm-hmm. and legal other things, and legal betting. So, and Denver's a great city for sports. Like, abs, yeah, Nuggets. Like, I literally live across the street from the Rocky Stadium. So that is super super cool, and just like an electric atmosphere. So yeah, it's a fun state to be, and of course with all the legal betting too.
1: My family did a road trip. Uh, we went through uh, Colorado actually last year, and that, that's a great area. It is really nice. Uh, unfortunately, there was no games. So it was before uh, everything had fired back up. It was right before uh, the sur- the summer surge in COVID cases. But mm-hmm. so there were no sports going on. But it was still felt like safe to travel. And Denver is a blast. And you know, it's such a sunny city. People don't realize there's so, so many days of sun there. It's it's a great place.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. I used to think of Denver as this like snowy snow globe thing. Like I, I don't know. I and it's not just me. A lot of people have said that. I right. just like thought it snowed year round there. <laughs> it's actually very warm in Denver. It's like kind of like desert-ish, like high up desert, and it's dry and it's warm and it's sunny a lot. Um, so it's definitely a good city if you. Uh, you know, enjoy sports, enjoy betting, all those things. I got to go to the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game this year. That's awesome. Which was so much fun. I've never been to anything like that. The Home Run Derby was so much fun. I almost got killed by two Pete Alonso home runs.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's
2: that's wild. What was really scary was, like, the, I was in – like the total splash zone for this and that sounds cool like to most people they're like oh that's awesome I could catch a ball and it's like as me a person with very limited hand-eye coordination and no glove I was petrified of the whole thing and people are also like clamoring like they will like kill you right like, like for this ball and I'm like Literally, like, I want no part of this. Leave me out of it. So,
1: Stop pouring um, your beer on me to get the ball. I just want the back.
2: Literally, some guy, the guy that was sitting directly in front of me broke his thumb because a
1: whole oh, lot
2: no. landed on his hand. So, And they were just coming one after the other after the other. You didn't get, like, a breather to reset. So I was literally like, where is it? Where is it? Where is
1: it? It's not um, a gentle pop-up either. These are rockets not. coming out there. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, it, it, if you ever try to catch a ball with your bare hands, it's not easy.
2: Oh, no, I would absolutely have my whole hand broken. It would be quite the bleep show. So (laughs) I'm, uh, it was, it was, but it was very, very fun.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I've never been to a home run derby. I would love to do that someday. Uh, Let's talk a a little bit about this Broncos Browns game tomorrow night. Uh, It's going to set all sorts of ratings highs, I'm sure. Uh, Is Teddy B going to play? I saw it coming out today. It's like, he's, this is questionable. It's not, and it's like a legit questionable.
2: Yeah, I think it's a legit questionable. I really don't know what to make of this game at this point. If both quarterbacks are out, both star running backs on the Browns are out, like I, it's, it's going to be a terrible game. Um, Thursday night football came in like a lion, like with Mm -hmm. like a really good opener. And then like Seahawks Rams was supposed to be good. It didn't end up being that great, but like now we're back to like real Thursday night football. So Thursday night football that we all love and are used to. So, um, with Teddy B, I don't know. I think he is a, a true questionable. I have no insider information on that one.
1: Yeah. And so maybe Drew Locke is our pickup for that, Ugh. but I I, 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 I can't even finish that almost though. It's so bad, but yeah. Um, I
2: I would probably start Locke. I'm, I don't know. Do you start Locke over Keenum? Like, I guess.
1: Well, at least Locke has Sutton to throw to. Yeah. Uh, and, exactly. and Fant probably, although he's got the foot issue of his own, but. I I think so. I'm trying to look. I got to pull up my ratings. I can tell. I think this is going to be
2: a big game for the Denver running backs. I hope this is like the breakout Javante game.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see that. Uh, You know, they've been pretty steadfast about the 50-50 thing there Mm -hmm. with Gordon. And it's not like Gordon's killing him. He was averaging five yards a carry last week, too. I, you keep wanting we keep wanting the new to come in and displace the older but corps' like hey I'm not dead yet the corpse still has the floor I mean you know it, it, you still can play uh, yeah. that, that's the, that's the frustrating part is it kind of works for them
2: it's it's frustrating as fantasy managers but it totally makes sense from like a mm-hmm. load management standpoint and just in general like easing the rookie into the game. And they also paid Melvin Gordon and they're going to use him for his final year. And the next year is going to be the Javante year. So while it's quite a headache for fantasy managers, as many backfields are, I would say it, it just, it's the difference between what makes sense for us as fantasy managers and what makes sense for actual football.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, and so that, that, that they don't, once again, they don't care about us. I wish they would. But, I know it's, uh, it's so, it so
2: rude. Bruce Arians, um, Kyle Shanahan, all on my poop list right now like
1: lying liars that lie that's what <laughs> absolutely. they uh, absolutely yeah. uh so but yeah um it, it you know meanwhile judy's probably not coming back uh but yeah. soon i i like that he's making progress they designated him for return but take your time take one more week off i have judy in a lot of places dynasty leagues take your time let's make sure he's fully healed
2: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, they said it was like under 50% chance for him to play this week. And it's just not looking like it. And I don't see any reason to pull out all the stops and like risk him getting injured with this decimated Browns team. So I hope they can beat this Browns team without him.
1: And the Browns, I mean, they are so decimated. Let's talk about no Baker Mayfield. We know Keenum, no Chubb, no Hunt. Uh, their tackles probably aren't playing. OBJ is highly questionable. I heard uh, Josina Anderson saying it was a grade three AC, shoulder, AC joint shoulder sprain, which is that's pretty severe. It doesn't sound nice.
2: Yeah. Uh, and- go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say, and I don't know that Jarvis Landry is going to play this week either, so right. they don't necessarily have a lot of good options. Like Donovan Peoples-Jones was a guy that – um obviously had an awesome week six and i think a lot of people who chase touchdowns uh would rush out to go get him but like do you really trust any Case Keenum wielded receiver at this point so um, yeah there's not a lot of exciting options I mean the options out of the backfields those are your waiver wire guys uh, to Ernest Johnson who like broke our hearts last year yeah. after everyone spent like 50% of their fab on him and he was a dud so I don't know I don't have high expectations for anyone on the brown side
1: if you're if you so dare to play the showdown slate tomorrow night who's yeah. your captain
2: oof I have no idea yeah it's mean, bad a- isn't it <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I can't tell you without looking at prices, but maybe yeah. one, of, one of the Broncos running backs. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I guess, yeah, price matters a lot as far as this discussion. But I mean, I like Sutton, but not if Locke's at quarterback. I, right. I, it's it's a tough so call. So many
2: questions. I have to, I'm doing a podcast in an hour and I have to make some like prop picks for this special segment that we do for the Thursday night game. And I'm like, I, uh, how is anyone supposed to make any kind of like predictions here if we don't know who's playing? And it's, I think it's just going to be a lot of running and kind of ugliness.
1: Yeah. I think you're right about that here. Uh, <laughs> do have a Cleveland related question from Julia J? She goes, would you guys drop OBJ for TY Hilton trading mm-hmm. one problem for another? It sounds like to me.
2: <laughs> Oof. I mean, if you need someone this week, it makes sense. I think TY Hilton uh, was, is probably a decent start this week. Uh, but I don't love him rest of season just because I think it's a matter of like, it's just a low volume um, kind of passing offense. Like there might be one guy that gets a passing touchdown every week. and That could be Pittman and that could be T.Y. Hilton. So it's, it's dicey. But like I said, if if you need someone this week, there's a good chance that OBJ doesn't play. And even if he does, I'm not excited. So this week I would start Hilton over OBJ.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And this, and say, you know, most, I play in some leagues with 10 man benches. I play in some with five man benches. Five man benches. You're, you might. You have to make that tough call. OBJ might. I mean, it's just. It's gross to cut him, especially considering what you spend draft capital on him. But yeah. yeah, you might not have a better option, or you just, or you just power through it. I guess, especially if he's out. Um, you know, I know Paris Campbell is out for the season uh, with that foot injury that he suffered on that touchdown play. But it wasn't like, you know, it's not like the Colts are going to throw to their backs more. They're going to run a lot. They're not going to be a high volume team, like you alluded to.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, sorry, I'm kind of blanking. They played the Texans this week. Correct? Uh,
1: they played the Niners this week. They, oh, yeah, te- you know, they they just played the Texans. Uh, you know, they just it's okay. It's all good. We're just, uh, but uh, you know, that, that's and the Niners are coming off a bye. They actually played well defensively against Arizona prior to the bye. So we'll see what they have.
2: Yeah, both options are kind of yucky for me. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I think if you need a warm body in the position, but like I would obviously check, I, I mean, I would have checked yesterday, but guys like Christian Kirk, I would start over both of those guys and he right. was pretty widely available. So there might be some guys in your waiver wire, like the the late waiver wire on Wednesday or guys that got dropped. I don't know. Right. Um, they're I mean, I saw Damien Williams dropped like all over the place, and he's a guy that could come off the COVID list this week. So, you know, you don't know what people are – thinking in their heads so yeah that's
1: right well and you know Hilton's not even sure that he's gonna play this week I mean he's got the quad injury that he got late in the game
2: I know he's like that's such a bummer too because he just came back from that neck thing like yeah I mean everyone's banged up we're just hoping that someone with a pulse we can plug in doesn't have the Q tag when game the game starts Exactly. Um, so I think it just comes down to that luckily you'll know about OBJ like tonight so yeah and you fun. won't know
1: about hilton till late too because they're the late game uh, on sunday yeah. in fact aren't they sunday night or yeah i think they are actually which is also oh, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. We're, we're so lucky we get indy san francisco and the saints and the seahawks for our primetime games yay chino smith <laughs> yay all right yay. so oh, that should be fun yes. we, you know, and, and a lot of good standalone games not so much but that's okay. Um, so yeah, that's the other thing. You'll have to wait till Sunday night to make that decision on Hilton. I wouldn't make that drop. Uh, is is the takeaway from that? Uh, anything else from Cleveland, Denver before we move on?
2: I don't know. I mean, I. Uh... Think like I said. I like the running backs and probably Fant. Um, even if he's like a little bit banged up, I think he'll probably play. And he always gives you decent upside. Like, and then Cortland Sutton's obviously going to be the star on the pass catching side, assuming Teddy Bridgewater plays. And then if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play, I don't know. Like, do I trust anyone? I probably still trust Fant because I think Fant's like one of those guys that can be kind of QB proof. So. Uh that's it for Denver. And then like I said on the Browns, there's like no one. <laughs> there's right. um, Maybe like if Jarvis Landry plays like he might be a guy that could be interesting just because he is like a short yardage type guy that could still rack up a lot of points in PPR formats. And we could see some like I think Dearness Johnson is going to take over the Chubb role and uh Dimitri felton will take over some of that pass catching role that hunt has he hasn't even recorded a rushing attempt this year so i don't right. even know what we call him a running back at this point but uh i mean take your pick between the two if you if you spent on De'Ernest johnson this is the time to play him like otherwise Clearly. why did you why did you blow 30 percent of your fab or whatever he went for what did he go for in some of your leagues too much,
1: yeah. I was, you know, even des- even being desperate in one league, I still, it's a one week Reynolds way. I look at it. Maybe Chubb come, is out more than another week, but I don't see this as, I think I'll have other options next week. So I don't really want to spend more than like 10% on just this week. I'm, I mean, maybe if you're two and four and you just got to get a win, then maybe I, I think about it, but I, I just don't think that's the way to go.
2: Yeah. I did put a bid in him for him for scott fish and i did not even look after waivers friends so i need uh, to do the same actually but it was it, it's a team that's not doing great it see i had the 101 and i took cmc so that's where i am in life <laughs> yeah yeah uh,
1: I, I i had cook in that league i also had cam Akers in that league so uh, i crazy. i did have the i did draft the uh the handcuffs for both so i'm not dead yet but i'm not happy either Uh, just just trying to get get by
2: I mean Uh, and plus it's a tournament of like thousands of people so you really have to be so lucky like you have mm -hmm. to be one of those teams that just evaded every single possible injury or just made some really really great lucky sort of moves because you know I, it's really, really hard to predict who is going to be even starters come week seven. I, a couple weeks ago, you know, did you see like the names of the top guys for tight end? I mean, it took like 10 names to get down to someone who was actually right. drafted. So it, a lot of times it does really feel like a crapshoot for like, especially these like large tournament style.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's like a big DFS uh, <laughs> GPP basically. Yeah. Uh Is this the year? Was this the year for zero running back? You know, it got mocked a lot in draft season. There's still its proponents out there. Seems like there's been a lot of chaos in the running back position. Is this a good year for it?
2: I mean, there's been a lot of chaos at the running back position, but there's been a lot of chaos in a lot of places. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like it just depends like what echo chamber in the fantasy community you happen to be in at that time. Because like the other day I just saw someone mocking anyone that took an early tight end Um, just because, you know, like it was like, Oh, you could have gotten Dalton Schultz and you could have gotten Dawson Knox and you should have just waited. And like the same thing is someone else was mocking going early on quarterback and just like it, I mean, I think you can make any strategy work, but a lot of it does come down to injuries. And uh, yeah, we know that there have been a lot of replacement running backs this season that have proven to be useful. But one flaw that I think about, like when people say like, oh, you should have gone zero RB, like all those guys, they're also available to you if you didn't go zero RB. Like it's not like, and it's not like as a zero RB person, you you know which guys are going to pop. So you end up just like stacking all those guys. So I think it's one of those things like hindsight's twenty twenty. if you pulled it off and have a good team right now and does your RB, of course, you're going to like take the victory lap and say like, Oh, that's so stupid. I can't believe you drafted Nick Chubb in the first round.
1: Right. Um, I might, I'm feeling like looked at with that, that uh, comment there, but uh, <laughs> I have a lot of Chubb on, on my team and my leagues. Uh, but, uh, that's so, so I'm really hating it uh, today, but you know, you made a couple of good points too. Uh, any uh, as Scott Pianowski always likes to say any strategy works if you pick the right players. Uh, <laughs> right. But, but you also have to make sure you're starting them at the right time. You have to make right. sure you know, talk about waiting on like tight ends with Dalton Schultz or Dawson Knox. Well, okay, great if you had them in your lineup and you had them over, say, you know, and, and or if instead you got them instead of Herb Smith that you waited on or something like that. You know, not guaranteed to work. The other thing is, and I, and you made this point on Twitter is the discourse in fantasy football Twitter is crazy right now. There's so much dunking and not and so little persuading.
2: It is. It's so true. And I think that there some people did misconstrue my my tweet a little bit. That they were just like, "Oh, you don't want anyone to disagree with you." And I'm like, "That's absolutely not what I said." I absolutely think we should be talking these things out. But when you start the conversation like, "Can't like you took a running back in the first round, couldn't be me," Uh, of course you're not going to start a useful conversation about it because that's just an attack on people and you're just doing it in hindsight at this point um like you know someone was saying something like you know it was so dumb of people to wait and draft Ryan Tannehill uh, but it, you know anyone that waited that late for a quarterback was dumb was like their sentiment. And I, I was like, well, you know, Jalen Hurts went in that same round and Jalen Hurts is like a top five guy right now. So like, it, it, yeah, of course you can say like you had a process and like that was a dumb decision. But in the end, like these are con- these were guys that were consensus ranked near the same, like in the same thing. And then just like one guy worked and one guy didn't. So, you know, I would probably like I just like hate all the confirmation bias and the dunking because right. that's just not constructive. Like you're not learning anything from that.
1: Yeah, it, it's a. I think on the hierarchy of bad tweets, that's at the top and then there's victory laps. Yeah. I like to take victory, I like, I like to take defeat laps. Uh, i am better <laughs> at that. But- oh, I know,
2: same. Like I, I feel like I'm always dunking on me, on myself. People must think I'm like the worst analyst because all I talk about is the L's that I take. But uh, I mean like in reality, we take a lot of L's and yeah. uh, the worst type of tweet are the people that are like dunking on injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Like saying something like, "Oh, I told you not to take DJ Chark in game as he's being like stretchered off the field." Like, come on, guys! Like, that's that's the lowest. Right.
1: Record. Yeah, especially because your tweet had nothing to do with his injury, and you're dunking on him, and his he, his career's at stake here. My right. god, It's horrible. Um. So yeah, yeah. And we could we could go off right. on Twitter. It's not just football Twitter. It's life Twitter. It's life discourse. But uh, we, we the- won't do that
2: for fantasy has just gotten like i don't know i I, i'm new ish to Mm -hmm. the whole space but even in the past two years i've felt like twitter for fantasy has gotten so toxic and it's really like a vocal minority type thing as it is with a lot of places but like i've made so many cool connections and so many great friends and that's why i stay and of course it's like kind of part of our jobs right but like at the same time there are just some people that want to drag you down for every single take like I had someone come after me and say like I'm not trusting anything you say because of like that Alex Collins take before Thursday Night Football and I was Mm. like uh first of all I didn't even say start Alex Collins I said I was in the unfortunate situation that I had to start Alex Collins right And also plenty of people started Alex Collins in that Thursday Night Game like that was just it made sense. And yeah, it didn't work out. But like, I was far from the only person. So there's always going to be a detractor and someone trying to drag you down.
1: Of course, and that you're a woman, you get dragged down a lot more than others. I mean, it, it, that's not fair. But it, it, it it's what happens, unfortunately, too.
2: Absolutely. There's and there's a lot of just dudes that are so unoriginal, like, don't come at me with the stay in the kitchen like I don't even cook like these yeah. are not, they're not good comments anyway like come at me with something original I don't know it's it, it is really just boring to me like when people just try to use the same comments over and over to hurt you and um yeah I mean you, you definitely have to have tough skin in this industry if you if you want to be anyone in the industry but obviously as a minority woman there's just a little bit less trust I think from other people 100 percent
1: Hundred, hundred hundred percent. Yeah. I got to imagine how I can't even imagine what it's like um, because I'm not in those those shoes. So I just have to listen. Uh, But uh, here we go. Uh, Before we move on, um, I want to talk another quick note from our friends at Yahoo. The new NFL season is underway and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark free to celebrate the beginning of football season and Yahoo daily fantasy becoming shark free. Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000, and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play Daily Fantasy Football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. I'm here with Samantha Uh, Praviti. You can catch her on the Ashken Network. You can catch her on iHeartRadio every Thursday night on KOA Colorado. Uh, We've got to uh, talk a lot about the other running backs this week. It's miserable this week. You know, there's there's between bye weeks and – Uh, there's so many injury situations. There's Washington, there's new England, there's Seattle. There's who else am I forgetting here? Baltimore, Miami. (laughs) I mean, trying to find two guys this week, let alone three is so difficult at this position.
2: I totally agree. Like I said, I have some of these leagues where I'm like, uh, like some deep leagues that I'm, considering starting Ramondre stevenson so yeah that's how desperate it is for some for some situations yeah it's been a a terrible year for for injuries and we are in the like biocalypse or whatever you want to call it right now so yeah you're gonna make some ugly ugly gross decisions this week
1: (laughs) yeah it is so what let's try to sift through a couple of them real quick um, and I, a lot of this is going to be Wait till the injury reports come out I get yeah. it So we'll find out a little bit more But for instance, New England And Damian Harris You know, was that injury late a big deal? Or uh, is are we going to be happy starting Stevenson? We might be very happy starting him
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think he's on a short leash because of the ball security issues from earlier. And just the fact that he's a rookie. And I I just think like Bill Belichick could pull him because he wore the wrong color socks that day. So like, I mean, Damien Harris is the guy right now until further notice type thing. But it's, uh, it's really tough trusting anyone like with Harris too it's really frustrating because he's just so like he lacks all the dynamic sort of traits that we want to see in a running back when he's on the field like they're not they they can't run the same number of plays as they can with a guy like James White who just fit their scheme so well so um I, I think he's definitely limiting that said like it's the Jets and it's a it's a positive matchup so I could see an argument being made to start either guy
1: yeah, I, I could too. Miami's a mess and it's not injury related oh, it's, it's just a mess. <laughs> it, it, and uh Michael here has to deal with that a little bit. Miles Gaskin or Dear I think it's Dearness Johnson he's going for, not Ty Johnson. Uh that would be really gross. Or but...
2: David Johnson.
1: Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. He know. got buried last week too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a mess. Yeah. So you know, I I if you have Gaskin anywhere, you had him on your bench when he had the two touchdowns against the Bucks, and then you started him last week yeah. and he had like three touches. So yeah, you know, good times. What do you do with that situation
2: me right now in my Scott fish team? Because that is absolutely what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> he, I benched him thinking there's no way he can do well against Tampa. Like their run defense is too good. Then he gets 10 catches and two touchdowns because they use him as a spot receiver. <laughs> and then, yeah. so I'm like, all right, like they're getting like feisty, good matchup against the Jags. Let's deploy him. And then, yeah, he stinks. And like, Malcolm Brown isn't much better. Like it's it's they just don't have anything going on in the run. So it's very disappointing. I think it's a good game though. So I can understand. Like it it's yucky and he's not a guy that you really want to trust. But t- like name 30 guys that you would start above him right now in the buyout. Like it would be difficult. So I totally get if you were to start him. Um, Dearness Johnson, that's just like a completely volume play. Um, mm-hmm. so if you if you really do have sort of faith i think he'll probably end up with like six to ten fantasy points and maybe zone. Yeah. So, but he's not like a huge upside guy to me
1: my dart throw has johnson about six spots ahead of gaskin uh in a ppr <laughs> league but it is a dart throw because gaskin could get 10 catch you know 10 targets seven targets you know i thought it was interesting that game miami is at home atlanta is not a good team but they're a road favorite in this one i was like what am i missing <laughs> yeah, I said that on air on Sirius XM today. Oh, guess what I'm missing? They're going to trade their quarterback, and it's going to be Teddy. It's going to be uh, – not Teddy, uh, Jacoby Brissett. And, I'm like, oh, that's might be what I was missing. Um, it, you know, who knows? It could be that again. And that's a big mess.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't even know, though, that two is a huge upgrade. So, like, I don't know that he has – the same effect as taking out a different quarterback for their backup because Jacoby Brissett's actually a pretty serviceable backup. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, Miami's kind of a disaster right now. So every game, like I always think that I can figure this out, or I'm like, this is the Jalen Waddell game and this is like right. the Miles Gaskin game, and it's never correct. So uh, I don't know what's going on there with Brian Flores. We are just not synced up.
1: No, I'm not either. Um, I, I keep missing on that one as well. I think I just start Waddle. I start Gasicki and I move on. Um, and yeah, even when Watson comes though, that, that could be the huge game changer if and when he plays, but that might not be until 2023 for all we know too. So or
2: that would be a huge game changer. And just yeah. from a purely football perspective would be awesome to see Waddle and Watson in that connection. Um, just, and he has chemistry with Fuller if Fuller ever comes back from his finger injury. So that could be certainly interesting. Fuller is a huge big play guy, stretch the field type guy that hasn't really matched up skill set wise with, with like either Tua or Jacoby Brissett. So that could certainly be interesting, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what the prediction is in terms of like when we think he's going to play.
1: One of my big whiffs this year was Antonio Gibson. Uh, I thought he'd be a lot better than he is. I, I mean, I, you didn't even have to buy into the, we're going to treat him like CMC hype and still think he'd be pretty good. You still could think he'd be like a late first, early second. Even my dog agrees with me there. But uh, uh, but what do you do with him now? Okay, he's he's yours. You, you, you bought him, you broke him. You still have to use him. Uh, but I've got him like 24, 23 this week. I got McKissick over him. You know he's got the calf injury in addition to the shin I, how are you handling this
2: yeah it's certainly disappointing because two weeks ago he was on the injury report and had that shin injury he said like it was a stress fracture but he didn't bother him like just a flesh wound right um right. so i was convinced i mean he had 20 touches in that game so like i was convinced like the next game he would be fine it was just like a co- precautionary thing that he wasn't practicing like, and precautionary thing that it was kind of questionable going into the game and then he is really banged up. Um, so I, I think you have every right to, to rank him below McKissick at this point. Um, McKissick is definitely a guy that I think a lot, you should have targeted uh, managers should have targeted on their waiver wire because he was under 50% roster going into this waiver cycle. And then Jarrett Patterson is a, dart throwy type guy but we've also seen like this offense kind of just stall out like i feel like we saw some good games not really good games but like serviceable games from taylor heineke and then we've like this game should have been a good game for him right we're all like yeah (sighs) Oh yeah, no, I'm on the radio talking about the Chiefs. St- uh, sorry, the the Washington stack as like a budget stack in DFS, thinking like, oh, like this is matchup, it's gonna be awesome, and yeah, it didn't go so so super well. So, um, that's obviously inhibited the run game as well. And yeah. Terry McLaurin, he's another guy that like borderline wide receiver one coming onto the draft and just hasn't delivered. So.
1: Yeah, and now he's got a hamstring issue of his own. That's going to be another annoyance this week. It just just throw another log on the fire. It, it's <laughs> I just, hope it's great.
2: I hope he's healthy because um, Jair Alexander is still on IR, so that yeah. could be a good matchup because Green Bay is pretty exploitable against the pass. So we'll see um, how the injury reports kind of look Thursday and Friday. Friday is like the new Thursday. Thursday used to be the big injury report day, but now I kind of feel like it's Friday.
1: I agree. I definitely agree. And we've had so many late things happen. Sometimes we get news breaking on Saturday that changes. things. Almost never used to get that, but it's been big this year. Yeah, Uh, We're going to move on from week seven, but first quick note from our friends at thrive thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season with thrive fantasy. You can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription: one, visit rotowire.com/thrive; two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100; three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. It's just that simple. Thanks to Thrive.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: Also, thanks to our friends at the Blue Wire Network, uh, the podcast network, for hosting us on their channel. Uh, my guest is Samantha Praviti. You can catch her on the Action Network. Uh, Samantha, you, before that, though, uh, you used to write for the New York Post. Uh, and that, was that your first into the fantasy football content community?
2: Sort of. Uh, I joined the Post. I was at the Times first when I first moved to New York. And then I worked at the Post. And both of those jobs were in data and on the business side. So I have a math degree and I just worked on kind of like the revenue analytics side. So all the boring stuff, the bean counting, as people would say. So uh, definitely not on the editorial side, not writing anything. Um, And when I got to the post, I had done a little bit of work on like uh, this blog called Fifth Down Fantasy, where I was just making picks against the spread uh, every week for this like pool. So I would write about them. And uh, that was like my first ever writing thing. But really like my major first writing established gig, as I would say, would be for the post. And it was completely unpaid. Uh, I was getting paid for my actual job but I had to do this job on top of it and I was doing like up to four articles five articles a day wow. uh, but, like kind of all over the place they weren't just fantasy I had recurring fantasy ones in season but then I was still writing the rest of the year I was writing things about Zion and I was writing things about like LeBron's diet and courtside Karen and just weird kind of culture type things I, you know how the post is it's tabloidy so um, stuff of that genre for sure and I ended up writing almost 700 articles uh, for the post and um, just randomly like in January of this year uh, someone who actually no longer works at action reached out to me over Twitter and they were like hey we'd love to talk to you about doing this full-time thing. And I never even thought about doing it full-time. I just thought that that was like an only thing for like Matthew Berry and the right. select elite. Um, and I was, I didn't even really take it super seriously. Cause I was like, there's no way that I could do this full time. And they hired me. So I've been uh, really, really enjoying it, doing content across different platforms, doing, you know, video and audio and, a lot of writing really mostly writing but then also doing a lot of social media so it's a really fun job and I, I know it's so cliche to say that you have your dream job but like I kind of do have my dream job
1: it's amazing isn't it <laughs> uh, you turn a hobby into a business it's it's amazing and I, you know I, I think it's it's really cool what you're doing you talk about different platforms I I noticed last year I, I think is I I think Brad Evans uh, tweeted you one of your TikTok videos out and so my, my girls are on TikTok all the time. I have a 17-year-old <laughs> and a 14-year-old. So, you know, it, it's like a platform I could see, like, it's kind of untapped in the fantasy community right now.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. I've uh unfortunately slowed down a little bit on on posting just because this has really taken over a lot of my my time to do this as a full-time job but it's certainly a really really cool platform I just I downloaded it because that one night I was drinking on a taco Tuesday Mm -hmm. and asked my friend hey like do you think it would be cool to make like football videos on TikTok and she was like yeah totally she does not follow football so (laughs) so she was like also what's TikTok um <laughs> That's for Gen Z and we're old. Uh, and I just downloaded it and started making silly videos, and people seem to like find that amusing. I went from like I had 500 followers last August and now I have like almost 14,000. So that was really like the platform that helped me take off really on Twitter. I mean, that sounds kind of weird, but cross posting is also really useful. And the TikTok stuff also is just really easy to cross post. You can use it on Instagram um, and everything like that too. So I love the platform and I think it's really fun and it's definitely less toxic than Twitter.
1: Sure. And the other thing too is, I mean, I I think... We all have a lot of good long-form content, but when you're trying to bring new people in, short-form really works pretty well.
2: Absolutely. And there are people that are going to be detractors and say to you, like, you know, this this has no substance. And I'm like, well, I wrote the article with the substance, but this is just, you know, to, to, to get people interested and get my brand and name and represent action and stuff out there. So it, I think there's room for so many different things. And one of the things that I would say is that I hate when people who are in the industry or tendentially in the industry will say it's oversaturated. That word just bothers me so much because really it's oversaturated if you're only thinking of what exists right now. But like, I completely made this role for myself like there wasn't a job description and they weren't even looking for anyone so you just gotta know that like it's really more about standing out and have your your own voice and being genuine because also people can read through if you're like not genuine i am really for sure my twitter personality so i think that really helps too just being like yourself because then it doesn't feel like work right
1: yeah it stands out it shows it shows that you enjoy what you're doing i can tell that um and I, I, it is, I think it's just, it's a fun way to do that. And, you know, not, and not, not all content has to be, let me do this deep dive, you know, sometimes let's have some, do something fun and you can like sneak in some content along the way there too.
2: Absolutely. And there's, there's appetite for all sorts of different content. Like you right. said, there are people that are diehard that, that have got like 50, you know, DFS rosters in every contest and whatever. And like, that's, good for them that's awesome but your average fantasy player that's not how they're digesting content and that's not the stuff that they need to know they kind of just like want to know the high level stuff and I mean it's not like I can't do more like deeper stuff but you have to just remember that like the community that we experience in like the twitter world is so so far removed from what actually like people are playing in their home leagues on espn so i gotta remember that when we're thinking about content creation because i did see like someone dunking on like i think like I don't know, it was, it was some national reporter like making some kind of comment and it was pretty surface level. And they were like, Ooh, can't believe like he gets paid. It was like Peter King. And they were like, can't believe he gets paid to say like, you know, just obvious things. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's not always obvious to everyone. Like that's just not following this. Like you are 24 seven and has your own models and spreadsheets and everything. So keep that in mind uh, for sure. Let alone it's-
1: someone that's been reading him for 20 years. You know, it's like, of Absolutely. course he's going to generate that following. and they're going to turn to him because so they trust him.
2: Of course. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's just it's a silly take, and it's I think just rooted in jealousy in a lot of
1: ways. For sure, absolutely. What's your format to play? Uh, favorite format to play in?
2: Uh, I really like salary cap leagues. Okay. And Me too. uh, that's for sure my my favorite draft format, just because you can end up with really really interesting teams, um, and it just. I think you can really get an edge on people because honestly in a lot of these snake drafts especially if you're doing them with like industry people who do pay attention who are not going to take like Tom Brady in the second round and right. <laughs> mess everything up it just feels like the first six rounds go exactly as planned and there's no right. real, like getting the edge on people like yeah there is but it's, it's not the same whereas there's so much more strategy that goes into the salary cap um, which I think is really really exciting and then the league that I do that is salary cap it's 16 teams it's this, this one with the deep benches and everything. And it's also IDP, which throws another kind of wrench into things. Oh, yeah. Um, and that is the most fun league, most frustrating league. Also, the draft takes like four and a half hours. So yeah, for sure. Definitely gonna teams, have a, no doubt. Yeah, you're definitely going to have a lot of stamina. It's always frustrating, too, because like at the end, when you're kind of like, you only have like zero, like $1 per player bids um but like you lose the guy like you bit you you start the auction at one dollar and then like someone else bids too and then you gotta wait a whole other time to like yeah you can't outbid anyone out there so you're just like let me be done with this draft
1: right and it's the burden of nomination you just want to like not nominate your players whether you just let's but no you have to choose one of them that you either going to get stuck with or that they're going to bid over yours you can't have someone too good but you don't want right. to have someone you don't want either it's it's really frustrating so 100%. money yeah yeah. Your math background has got to really help you with that too, though. Just kind of being able to map that out coming up with a strategy.
2: Yeah, it's definitely fun. I have, like I said, I worked in like revenue analytics and stuff. So I have really good spreadsheet skills. Not nice. flex, Not that cool, actually. But yeah, so I'll make like my own stuff on the side and kind of that'll help me inform decisions as I'm going through the draft, which is super fun. But also in the end, like it's a lot of like you can't predict stuff. You can't predict that right. there's just people that there's just such a wide variance like Amari cooper might go for like 12 dollars, and like dk Metcalf goes for 55 dollars or something like yeah. that and it's that variance is crazy there's like not actually that much of a dollar difference from their skills but yeah so it, so it, it's pretty cool um watching the the draft kind of play out and if there's keepers in that league too which makes it kind of funky so you can end up with like I don't know, Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey on the same team.
1: Which would be useful most, most weeks of the year, <laughs> uh, at least. But uh, is that a home league or is that uh, like a national network league or what league, what, where is that league from?
2: This is the league that I've been playing in the longest. And it's actually just like, this is so nerdy. And there's like a Facebook group of people that we, we like talk about at politics a lot. And, okay. um, and they also play in a fantasy league and I've been playing it since my first year in fantasy and like, as a first league, that's a terrible first league. Don't ever. Right. like make Yeah, that's so intimidating. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was. I mean, when I first started playing, I didn't know football at all, so I I mm-hmm. couldn't have told you what a linebacker was at the time. But right. like you know, I was just kind of playing around. It was weird. I I actually went twelve and one in my first league first year in that league which was oh you had to put everybody on tilt with that so beginner's luck like I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) absolutely no idea I definitely lost in the first round of the playoffs though but that's what got me hooked I think it was like so much fun so many variables but also like not the type of thing like fantasy baseball overwhelms me just because Mm -hmm. there's just so much commitment to it whereas like this is just something that I can kind of like knock out And I mean you follow it but you can also check your rosters like every few days it's not like baseball right
1: there's a routine there's a rhythm to it you don't always there's not a game every night you know you don't always have to be on guard I I mean I I do a lot of baseball too that was my original (laughs) fantasy sport that and uh I did a hoops league when I was in law school that was like two years after I started baseball but uh yeah it's you know it it is super involved but you know football is becoming that though that you know all the blow up of dynasty leagues debbie leagues you know college fantasy football is blown up. I mean, you can, you can really overwhelm yourself if you want to. Uh, but it, it, you know, you started off really deep. That's pretty wild. That's, that's, it's cool though too.
2: Yeah, it was cool. Cause then like I started playing in other leagues and I was like, wait, this is so much easier to process. Um, Cause I was also just trying to learn football at the same time and Indeed. getting into football the way I did, which I didn't have any kind of like, Background, like I don't have a team really. I, I root for the Panthers because I was I became a fan when I was in South Carolina. Okay, and uh, but like becoming a fan just through fantasy is kind of a weird entry point because you don't mm-hmm. have allegiance to anyone, you don't really know the the rules, but you it really catered to my brain because it was like one bu- giant spreadsheet, <laughs> and I right. was able to like process and just dist- like process data and distill insights very quickly. So that stuff really um took fast and then the other stuff didn't and i was just kind of like memorizing things and i would just regurgitate things to my then boyfriend who's very into fantasy and i was like oh i'm not concerned about jordan matthews because i don't think someone will shadow him in the slot this week and he's like you literally have no idea what you just said and i'm like absolutely not (laughs) 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 absolutely not but i heard it on a podcast so (laughs) um just like silly stuff like that so yeah it it is it's an interesting journey to the way that I have taken to get into this. But also, remember, there is no, like, right way to do get into football, right? Of course. I mean, I hate, I do hate people like Gatekeep that are like, oh, like, you can't do this because you haven't been a lifetime fan. I grew up, I was, like, a Packers fan since I was a baby and I was being brought to Lambeau and, like, that those stories are awesome and that's good for you but everyone's path into this is really valid and i think it's a really cool industry i mean it's not like you can't just like become a lawyer you can't just become a doctor but you can like kind of just jump into this industry so it is really really cool right. it brings a lot of people from from different backgrounds
1: indeed hey at that i love hearing the how people got in that's one of the reasons why i have like different guests every week on the podcast just so i can learn stories like this so uh i want to thank you so much for joining me today Uh, good luck. Uh, I know you got a podcast you got to get ready for here Mm -hmm. get ready for that showdown slate. So I'll I'll let you do that. But uh, Samantha, please tell everybody once again where they can find you.
2: Yeah, thank you so, so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter where I'm, I'm most active at Samantha NFL and then on Instagram and TikTok at S-P-R-E-V-I-T-E, uh, making silly videos and posting things about mountains. And then all my written work will be on ActionNetwork.com. Uh, and then I, I'm on the Fantasy Flex podcast for Action Network two times a week. And as you mentioned, Koa colorado every thursday at nine so yep. you can she's got to gotta... talk about random broncos things we make fun of ben Albright for disliking pumpkin spice lattes and stuff so well,
1: it gets there you go. off the
2: rails yeah hey
1: there you go start right there on that and uh, if you want to look back at her past episode just had a good one with andy uh uh andy Barrons from yahoo so some good stuff there again thank you so much i uh, really appreciate you joining me today and uh, everybody please uh, check out uh, all of her work Tomorrow, we've got, uh, we've got uh, Mario and John McKechnie hosting, as always. Thanks for listening to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Winbet. Take care.
0: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best
1: Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.